0: Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at
1: this time. Am I the only one who thinks this is totally insane? Rob, we're fighting theological injustice here.
2: They're not using just weights and majors.
1: He said we have 50 listeners. I think he's being generous. Read your Bible is interpreted by experts.
2: Rob, are you as shocked as I am? It's nonsense. If you've given any money to this, you need to complain. You ask for your money back. I don't know about you, but I find this annoying.
1: What up and shalom. Welcome to the Rob and Caleb show. The show where theology matters, scholarship counts, and theology matters. My name is Caleb Haig. With me, of course, Rob Van Hoff. What up, Rob? How's it hey, going, Caleb, brother?
2: Shalom. I was just thinking, uh, we live in a world where yeah. the Rob and Caleb show exists. <laughs> uh, I think some people aren't too happy about and that, you know actually. what? <laughs> There's technically, how many people are on the internet? Oh, There's potential, you know, a billion people, I suppose, they could... And we have they, grabbed the attention of thirty six of them. Thirty six of the of the how many billion that are on the internet, um, and it's like, I think that's cool. I wonder how many people out there are like, yeah, they get up Wednesday morning, they're like, it's Robin Caleb show day.
1: <laughs> thirty six of them do. Thirty six of them
2: do. <laughs> how you been, oh, man? Uh, going well. Doing well. Yeah, uh, a Yeah, cruising along into our. I guess we're. Well, two different things. We're coming right into the fall feast, which is exciting, Um, but also kind of mid-quarter almost. I guess we're maybe week four, so maybe I guess a third of the way into our first quarter of the fall, and I'm excited about that. Got a lot of great students and enthusiastic about Greek and Aramaic and and, uh, history, all the things we're studying. Very cool.
1: Yeah, so you mentioned the feast. I was going to go there too. What uh, What are you looking forward to for uh, Rosh Hashanah? Am,
2: I'm, in inter- Oh, I was going to talk about Sukkot. Rosh Hashanah, Yom, we're going to do a. Yom Torah, yeah. We're doing an uh, own egg Sunday night. We'll have uh, it's fun. We have people bring shofars, you know. And we do a big trumpet blasts, which is which is really great. Read some scripture and just uh, have a nice own egg. But I was just thinking this morning. I might try a different sukkah design this year. So I'm kind of like, hmm. You know, I've been using the same boards for ever since we moved here, so about five years now. Mine's falling apart. Yeah, and so I'm like, you know what? I I just, even the last couple of years putting the sukkah together, I'm like, ah, maybe one more year. (laughs) So anyway, I'm going to be chewing on that the next few days, kind of maybe sketching some ideas out but you
1: know we haven't heard in a little bit hang on let me just see if this is the right one I'm, i've been looking for this clip while you've been talking let's see if i let's okay. see if i got sure. it
3: mouth,
1: <laughs> we need to get that them to redo that all right uh, good yeah so they, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh yom Teruah as well uh, also known as rosh hashanah uh, and last night, we, my wife, I, I didn't know what she was doing. My wife pulled out uh, honey, and she uh, warmed it up in the microwave, which we almost never use, but for things like that, and uh, she cut some green apples, and uh, she was trying to explain to my son that we would be eating uh, green apples. Now, here's the greatest part. We could not plan this better, and the reason why is because on uh, this, starting on, I think, Friday. It might be tomorrow actually, but I I think it's Friday through Sunday every year here in uh, the great, wonderful city of Tacoma, Washington. There, the the Greek Orthodox Church. I don't know if you know this or not, but the Greek Orthodox Church uh, they only allow one congregation in each city. Did you know that? So you, there's not like two Greek Orthodox churches in your city. There's only one. If you have one at all. Um, So, uh, every year, the Greek Orthodox Church in our city, they put on this huge Greek festival, and it is... A sight to behold. They have they put up a huge tent in their parking lot, and uh, people come from all over Tacoma and, and all over even uh, outside cities to go to this Greek festival. And they have all these vendors where you go and you have to purchase these tokens, and each token is a dollar. And then uh, you know they have like gyro stands and and uh, uh, baklava stands and all this kind of stuff. And then they they have all these different uh, uh, stands where you can buy stuff from from the the Greek vendors. One of the things they sell is local-grown honey by one of the p- people in their congregations, which is great because we will go and we will buy honey for uh, for Yom Teruah. And then it just so happens that on uh, Sunday, the Apple Festival is going on in Gig Harbor, which we go to every year as well. And so we will go and we will pick up our our, uh, our fresh apples uh, that are in season now here in, in Gig Harbor, Washington. And uh, so we will be mightily prepared for Yom Teruah when we will eat
2: apples and honey. Very cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. We it. like, there's a, a, a family out here. My wife's father who brings a whole bunch of uh, local honey sources together. I, I think they have a couple different fields. I don't know how they do it, but it's, it's raw honey and it's local mm-hmm. and uh, which is really great. So it's, uh, it's supposed to be really healthy for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we usually call them up. Do you still? Do you have a g- half gallon? She's like, yeah. <laughs> Come pick it up. You know, you just put put some money in the little box there and take take it. You know, because yep. it's just they'll just set it out on their front porch and it's like they trust that you're gonna put some money in the box and take the thing. <laughs> it's awesome. like totally cool. Awesome. OK, so,
1: hey, I, I do want to ask the people we got uh, we got people in the chat room. Thanks, everybody, for showing up. And now I'm, for those who might not know, we switched ch- chat room forums and uh, now our chat room is being hosted in a private uh, a private Facebook group.
2: Uh, Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg is actually overseen.
1: <laughs> oh, let's not. Let's not. Um, Peace. So, Peace. yeah, yeah. So, so the Robin Caleb show chat room is the group that you can find. You can have to request to be in it. Uh, what you post cannot be seen by the outside world. Only people who are uh, part of the group. Anyway, I, so I want to know if people actually in the chat room are enjoying it or not. Basically, the way it works is I put a post up. So today I put a post up that said the chat for show 142 critical review. If you would like to be a part of the chat, please do so in the comment section of this post. And so now if you look in the uh, comment section, we actually have people commenting and uh, chatting back and forth. Now, there are other ways to do this. I realize that we can can start a group chat. We could do that if we wanted to, um, but I don't know how that would work any better or if it would work any better or whatnot. So um, anyway, uh, let us know if you like it or not. You can let us know either in the chat room or for those who are in the chat room or you can also send us an email and tell us that it's awful and you wish that we would switch the the problem with the old chat room we like the old chat room but uh, there was two problems first of all the icon for the chat room was down in the right hand corner and it was so small it was so hard to find the chat room uh, on our website so that was number one number two is that uh is that it costs us 20 bucks a month and uh you know, we're having financial troubles as it is. Uh, Twenty dollars a month uh, might as well be a million dollars a month at this at this point. So, um, anyway, and and somebody, I'm sorry, I'm reading this comment. Somebody says it's just sad for uh, one of the 36 who are not in the. On, on Facebook. Yeah, we thought about that, too. Uh, we You know, there are uh, people like my good friend Dennis. He's in the chat room or he was he was in the old chat room a lot. He's traveling right now. So th- that might be why he hasn't been in the new chat room. But I don't think he has Facebook. I understand people don't want sometimes to get a Facebook account. I get it. And there's ways around that. If you want to set up a, you know, a dummy email account and, uh, you know, use a use a uh, interesting name, just let us know who you guys are. uh yeah and adam says that he uh he's he hates facebook and he i think didn't adam delete his facebook account and then he just came back just to be in the in the chat room i think that i don't know yeah so all right well let's move on um it should be noted by the way that uh up until yesterday early afternoon we thought we were having a guest on the show uh, the guest, for very good and understandable reasons, has decided that he is not going to come on to the Robin Caleb show. Uh, and uh, so we found that out yesterday, and that's totally fine. We appreciate and completely understand the person's reasoning for not wanting to come on the show. And. Uh, but that left us scrambling uh, to try to
2: figure out some some. So it was like a normal week then. Yes, exactly. are scrambling.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, exactly.
2: Um, and we, we almost had <laughs> we almost had an easy show. <laughs>
1: yeah, we, al- we almost had it easy. Actually, you know who I want to get on? We've talked a lot about Paul and the Trinity. Mm-hmm. I want to get the author of that book on here.
2: Hills, Wills.
1: No, it's not Bills. Wills. Hill. Hill. Yeah, yeah, Hill. yeah. Anyway, I'm friends with him on on, uh, Twitter, or I I shouldn't say that. We're not friends. I follow him. Wesley Hill. Wesley Hill. There we go. Uh, Anyway. Uh, Okay, enough of that. So uh, let's start with this. Let's start with with an email. We got this from Richard. By the way, this is a great email. Thank you for input and for uh, your suggestions. He makes sure to tell us this is a suggestion, not a criticism, and we thank you for that. Uh, however, we uh, we invite criticism as well. By the way, have I um, give me just a second? Is it the three four three number? I should tell everyone this. This is another thing that I've overlooked. And while I'm thinking about it, give me a second here because this is uh, this is very interesting and important. We have a comment line now. Believe it or not, I don't I don't even think Rob knew this. Yeah. So it. it's just a message line. No one's going to answer your call. But you can call in and you can tell us how much you hate us. You can tell us how much you, you love the show. You can give us show topics. Uh, and you can even tell us things like, uh, you know, tell us good things about Torah Resource Radio or whatnot. And at some point we reserve the right to use your comments on air on the on uh Research radio <laughs> so so you you know just know that but at the same time call in tell us whatever you want and i'm going to give you the number the number is 253 343 1598 i'll give it again and i'll give it again <laughs> at the end of the show as well because i utilize the number especially especially the people who have been uh you know i have disabled the comments on youtube and i did that uh in hopes that these people who call in and and uh, or the, these people who write these comments about how much how how big of idiots we are uh i hope that they'll call in and leave the comment telling us how big of I- idiots we are cuz that would Yeah give-
2: we we just want you on tape that's all <laughs>
1: No, to, I, I just I just want to hear it. I think it would be fun. Yeah, I'm mean, going okay. to and play it. 253-343-1598. If you have a cell phone, it's toll-free, obviously, if your plan includes it. Otherwise, I don't know. I don't know what – does anyone ever pay for long distance anymore in the U.S.? In Canada? I don't. Anyway, I'll give that number again. Feel free to call in. Okay. So we got this email from Richard. He says this. uh, He says, please take what I am about to say as advice and not criticism. I did share the 141 episode, that's last week's episode, with several others in our local fellowship who are unfamiliar with the show. And each one related that they didn't watch the whole show as they felt you were being too critical especially of 119 ministries, and noted an air of arrogance coming from you. As a 60-something person, I am able to listen and remember my own zeal and, yes, arrogance in my youth, so I tend to overlook some of the attitude I also have detected on occasion. He goes on to say that perhaps we could tone down the criticism and the attitude of arrogance to, um, to uh, and, uh, get more people to listen to the show because he thinks it's of value. Uh, this is a very good comment, and uh, he says more. We'll get to the, the more in just a few seconds. Uh, this is a very good comment, and uh, this happens. It's kind of like on a cycle. Rob and I go on a cycle. We we go on these. Uh, uh, there are these times when we get emails like this, and we say, "Oh man, maybe we're being too critical. Maybe we're being too uh, too arrogant. These kind of things. How do we, you know, how do we address these things uh, without uh, giving off this idea, you know, the idea that people have that somehow we think that we're better than everyone else, or I don't know, whatever. Um, and so we'll we'll try to uh, we'll try to change things or talk about things differently. And then it's like water on a rock, you know. After a while, it breaks the rock down. Uh, there's just so much nonsense that goes on that uh, you know we end up uh, getting frustrated. I think a lot of the time, is that fair? Is that fair, Rob? Frustration, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Um, righteous anger towards uh, people leading others astray, and so then we'll come back on and uh, let loose on. Uh, Whatever. So I I just wrote down a couple of questions. If we're uh, critical, then how would uh, the people who say that we are critical or arrogant, how would they suggest that we address some of these things? So, for instance, if 119 Ministries—and I think, you know, he mentions 119 Ministries. I I also wonder if this wasn't 119 Ministries, if it was a ministry that these people didn't like or thought was totally off base— um, would that you know? Then would they think the same thing about us being critical? But uh, I guess that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, how would people suggest that we critique uh, uh, these what I would call um, uh, heresies in a lot of uh, you know a lot of times uh, without sounding uh, critical
2: as people might think, Rob? Well, well, I was thinking we should. I- because that word critical has come up again, you know, like in that email you mentioned, and it, think back to times where we've heard that word before, too critical, and that then people change their behavior. They, they sniff something, they label too critical, and then they their behavior is affected. Oh, I'm, not, I'm going to stop listening. I'm going to stop listening because they're too critical. Um, and, that I want to just take a moment to dive into that. Now, not to put us on, on par with John the Baptist, but if you just heard, you know, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bring forth fruit, and meat of repentance, the ax at the root of the trees. Um, you know, someone would, if you read that today, you're like, oh man, too, that guy's just too critical. He's harsh. Brood of vipers, serpents, Wow, we're getting to stop listening. Okay, so just because someone's critical, I would I would suggest that that's not a reason in and of itself to to stop listening. But I wanted to kind of like make an arg make a case for critical thinking for being critical. What do
1: you think it means to be critical, well,
2: though? And I started I was looking at uh, different definitions on the internet, and basically it comes down to how we. Grow in our character as individuals, as disciples of Yeshua. A critical uh, thinking uh, aspect is is crucial to healthy growth and discipleship. If we don't have, and it, it comes from krisis in Greek, which means judgment. If we don't have sound judgment, then we're then we can't be following. God's Torah. Yeah. Without sound judgment, without critical thought, without attention to detail, without where it says, tzerech turdov, you shall justice, justice you shall pursue, without just weights and measures. Notice I said measures, then it's it's we're all just playing games. And we need to, you know, the Bible assumes a few things. By God giving us Giving humans the capacity for speech and for thought, which separates us from animals, of course, and by giving us his revealed word, translated into all these languages, and then giving us in our day and age the, the technology to study his word and to be immersed in it in many different languages, to research the original language uh, and the, the ancient history and all these things. It it the challenges for us as individuals and Uh, communities and families, of course, to grow responsibly with the knowledge that's been given us. Doesn't mean we know everything, but we become all the more responsible, all the more obligated to the resources, uh, to growing given the abundance of resources we have. We have resources today that were unfathomable by the, the first Apostles
1: actually uh let me just and and we and
2: we are and we just one more comment and then we go back back and forth is that we we have challenges that they did not have we have the we have the bombardment of too much information that is uh, and we have the challenge of individual people who claim to be disciples of yeshua who are dumpster diving who are going to choose the pizza over the broccoli every time when it comes to information they're going to go to the clickbait. They're gonna follow what's sensational and popular, and they're uh, not going to think critically. And that's our concern. and that's why we have these moments of frustration and uh, because we're we're learning how how do we have be that voice crying out? Mm. How do we be that voice calling for, well, and, and this was the scripture. Uh, well, there's a scripture I wanted to well, read. Wait, wait,
1: hang on. Just go you, ahead. You, you, you talked talk for a few seconds about, you know, we have all these great tools now in our, in our time, and I, I completely agree with you. And then,
2: um, you know, so... But, the, but we have the same capacity, we have even more capacity for producing nonsense. Anybody can build a website and be on YouTube. But I took, one of the, I, I took one of my tools, which is Accordance
1: Bible Software, which, by the way, we all... Love here at Torah Resource, uh, this thing is is just an amazing tool, and um, this is just a word search. But of course, I put in discern while you were talking, and two of the, um, you know, because uh, that's really what we're talking about, right? Within the Messianic movement, within the Hebrew Roots movement, within Christianity, uh, there's all there's all sorts of people who are uh, coming forward with different teachings um some sound really good and are uh they look good on the a- on it's the apple that looks really nice and crisp on the outside but has worms on the inside and some is uh, really healthy fruit uh that might you know they don't present it very well and so it's uh you know it's it's good on the inside but uh but the outside has blemishes you know uh things like that you know and then there's and then there's uh just dynamite teachers who are you know everybody has their flaws even even us of course and so uh, but this is what uh, i found in a just a quick word search in uh, the apostolic scriptures for discern Romans 12:2 says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of god what is good and acceptable and perfect and of course we know that the will of god uh, is is shown through the scriptures but that we still have to be able to discern And test what people are saying about the scriptures. The other one that I found was Ephesians 5.10. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Okay, keep
2: going. Well, the scripture that, uh, that's a great scripture, by the way, as are all scriptures passages. (laughs) But um, I was thinking about a couple of these words, reprove and rebuke, specifically in the NASB. From 2 Timothy chapter 4, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, hmm. be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Yeah. For wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. Now, here's, here's the thing. I could see someone who's, let's say, believes in flat earth, could take this and say, yeah, I'm telling you the truth, the earth is flat, and you've all accumulated teachers, and turned to the myth of a world that's a globe. You see what I mean? Someone mm-hmm. could come a- and flip that around like that. Um, so... But when we go to these key words, this is Second Timothy two four. For example, the word um, rebuke, elencha in um, Greek, to scrutinize or examine carefully, to bring to light, expose, set forth, to uh, bring a person to the point of recognizing wrongdoing, to express strong disapproval of someone's action. This is important. Uh, this is a biblical command to do this. Uh, the other is uh, rebuke, epitamao, to express strong disapproval of someone. Rebuke, reprove, censor, to speak seriously, to warn. I take this these this passage here in, in 2 Timothy 4 very seriously, particularly when it says there's going to be a time when they will not endure sound doctrine, but they're going to have Follow their tickling ears and accumulate teachers in accordance with their own desires. You have to have real living teachers that you interact with, like on a normal basis, some sort of normal basis, where it's a personal relationship, not where it's some guy on the internet and you watch his videos all the time. Um, That. You, but okay, let, have, let me let me let me play devil's advocate. And you, you got to and you got to make sure that the people that you're influenced by, you want to be aware of who who they've been influenced by and who who are their teachers. Okay, but they, let, let,
1: let me let me let me play devil's advocate, because we get messages like this all the time in the office. People will write in or call in and, and say, uh, you know, help. We live in this place. There's no messianics. There's no teachers anywhere for, you know, 150 miles. Mm-hmm. So, how do you attach yourself to a teacher, or how do you, you know? And obviously, we are we are disciples of of uh, Yeshua, so he is oh, the right, ultimate right. teacher, of course. And so, uh, you know, that should we should never put a teacher above Yeshua in the Word well, of God. Well, you find obviously. you find
2: you find Torah resource, Torah resources, <laughs> where you have where you have a college it, you have a a group a, of a people. team yeah a team of like minded men who who work together and are accountable to each other, and pray for each other and their families, and are teaching the Word in a uniform. Now, we all have our own teaching styles. Just think about how we did the Psalms. You know, Gary had gave an approach. Uh, Tim Haig gave an approach. I gave an approach. Josh Meeks came and had a different approach. We were all talking about the Psalms, and we're all using and, and teaching differently in that our styles are different and our passions Um, when it comes to the Hebrew and and unpacking scriptures um, have different flavors, but we're all on the same page. That's, that's, that's what you need to find. You need to find a place where you can look at the tree and say, wow, there's good fruit on this tree. Not some guy who's all by himself, who we don't know who his teachers are. He's not, we don't know if he's accountable to anybody in life, but he's just the solo person. That's that. We saw that happen with a, a person, and that person's now in prison. We've seen it, we, we've seen it with, uh, with Rude. Back in the, I saw it back in the late 90s when yeah, he Michael was prophesying Viviano. the seventh millennium starting on in the year 2000, and all the things that he was saying and all the people excited about him. And then he kind of went into hiding for a while yeah he had to and now but now he comes back again and and there's a new generation of people he deceives who weren't around for the first round so they don't they don't recognize that we we can see it time and time again we can see people who put themselves out as these individual teachers and that's not a biblical model it's not a biblical model
1: yeah no doubt i i agree with you actually the, the, i think a lot of people don't realize this whenever i get into a uh what A with uh, other, uh, you know, with people in the Messianic uh, realm who are teachers or whatnot. And this has happened uh, when, you know, when we've talked about ministries or whatnot, the the people from the ministry will contact us and say, hey, you know, this, this, and this. When I have these uh, these email back and forth with these people, a lot of times I don't think people realize I'm not just sending the email. I'm not just writing something and sending it. Almost every single time I get into a situation like that, I run all of the interactions that I'm sending back through at least one, usually two people in the office. You know, I'll send them to Rob and I'll say, what do you think of this? Or, I'll, you know, my dad will look at him or uh, Michael will, you know, I'll say something to Michael. And so there is accountability. And I do have to say, I think that that's one thing that we, that's one of the downfalls of some of these uh, teachers, quote unquote, teachers in the Messianic movement. You know, you have people like, like uh, Monty Judah, who, uh, man, that guy. I, you know, I, a lot of people like Monty Judah, even though he's falsely prophesied so many times, that guy just has no checks and balances. You know, there's no one to say to him, no, you can't say that. That's not right. Or, you
2: know, you know he's, it's, it's him and him alone. We, so. you, we have, uh, when, when Yeshua draws disciples, like-minded disciples of his own, he draws people together to accomplish things that he can build with. That's what he's doing with Torah resource. Does it mean that we're infallible? No, no, we are, we are weak. We need desperately each other. We need to pray for each other. We need to be aware of the schemes of the evil one. And we, uh, first and foremost, we know our dependency on the sovereign grace of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua. And that's our, that's the rock of the word of God. And we're not going to budge from that position and but we also take seriously the languages the cultures the the you know historical grammar, grammatical uh, hermeneutic we we promote engagement with top scholarship in the world in the bible that's why it's a top priority for us to participate in the ETS and the SBL even though SBL is not faith based it is both uh, Tim Haig and myself have the the honor and privilege to have papers to present this next November, and we're going to be presenting our uh, this is an annual conference be- before Jews and Christians and other scholars of the Bible in an, in in uh, basically in some of the highest level uh, thinking that there is about the Bible and and it's we put the ideas to peer review where you stand up there and you present what you have to say and you got to be ready to. To defend, to defend, or <laughs> yeah. to learn, say, you know what, I, learn, didn't, yeah. I didn't recognize that and I appreciate that. And, and it's, it, we, we become sharpened because of it. And that's so important in, in my view. I, I think that uh, these are some of the strengths of that of, of what God is doing with Torah Resource and Torah Resource Institute. Um, again, it doesn't mean we're perfect, but we do know we depend on Yeshua and that he is our guide, he's our protector, he's our provider, and that he's the builder. He's building his ecclesia, and is our desire to be servants of that. And we believe in accordance with that, that there are skill sets that are requisite of teachers. And that means, you know, if you're gonna call yourself doctor something or other, and you're out there teaching the Bible, and you haven't learned the Bible languages, then you should go back to school and you should go to a school that requires you to learn the Bible languages if you're going to call yourself a doctor and be out there telling people what God's Word means.
1: So uh, speaking of of you know school and things like that, uh, one of the reasons I think that uh, we are critical, I'm using quote marks for those who can't see me right now, one of the reasons that we're critical of those who uh who are in the messianic realm that are teaching and might not have uh you know might not be using uh co- correct hermeneutics to get to their conclusion and things like this is because we are hungry for truth right and i think every ministry even the ministries that we uh we fight against a lot um and you know even like uh la- last week we talked about 119 ministries and some of the things that they've put out people were not very happy every time we talk about a ministry people uh <laughs> you know their followers uh, seem to find the show, and and uh, we'll get emails from them. So, uh, but even like 119 Ministries, and even
2: that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's pause here. They split. Why did they split? Does anybody know why they split? You have two guys that are promoting junk scholarship. We we call them on the Copper Scroll thing. What a year and a half ago. No reply. No accountability to the junk they're putting out there. They're saying here's this ancient Hebrew text. Here's what it means, and it's all. B.S. Bad scholarship, that is. Fill in the blank. Bad scholarship, B.S. And no accountability. And then a year goes by. It turns out they split up. But who knows why? Now you have two solo guys, each thinking they're right in their own mind. No. No fruit's going to come of either of those. And anybody who follows them and is all passionate about them is going to either learn that sooner or later. And I pray that they learn it sooner. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a rendition
1: of The Hoff Goes Off. The Hoff Goes Off! The Hoff Goes Off! Okay, so now let's go back because I really do, I mean, even though I believe you're right, even though I believe you're right, 119
2: Ministries, I have to think, they're not maliciously trying to give people so who's they? Here's here's the thing. I don't want to talk about 119 Ministries. I want to talk about who the person is because now all of a sudden it becomes separate. It's like this, this uh, ghost organization. I want to know who is the person? Who's the teachers? I, just like I would hope that someone says, you know, Rob Vanhoff at Torah Resource says this, or Caleb Haig says this. I don't want someone going around, well, Torah Resource, da-da-da-da-da uh, all the time without actually saying, you know, who the teacher is. We we say who our teachers are. You, yeah. you, no one's going to get a teaching from Torah Resource and not know who it actually is that's saying it. Because we have, there's nothing to hide. I, yeah, I These agree. other groups, it's like they just have their name, and it's like, we like the one video we at One Nineteen Ministries. He, I watched this video. I don't. He never said his name. He never even. There was not not even a that I remember. Could be wrong. A little, you know, typed out text below telling closed caption telling us what the guy's name was. Okay,
1: okay. Let, let, let's use the name. That's this. that's ridiculous. Look, the director of One Nineteen Ministries is John. Okay, John Sherman. And let's just say I don't. I I think John Sherman. I honestly believe that in his heart of hearts he. Believes and 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 thinks that what he's putting out
2: with what yeah, so does everybody. That's not. I, a, I, no, I know. I. I, that's I not know. a deal breaker. So, Everybody's. So, so. You're sincere. I'm sincere. I agree. So is so is the Mormon guys who who came to our shul. Oh, I got to tell you the story. <laughs> can I tell you? Can I hijack it? Yep. Go for it. Rabbit trail. <laughs> this is awesome. Okay, so a couple shabbats ago, we're like rehearsing. We're like it's like an hour. It's like an hour before. Uh, service officially starts. People start coming in, they start, you know, putting the casserole on the table, you know, talking and we're running through some songs. I've got my guitar and I look out the window and I see two dudes like <laughs> way out. No, they're, they're like, cause there's at the window, then there's a parking lot. So there's cars. And then there's the street with the, with the, uh, the sidewalk. And I see the guys going in. There's two young guys you know, Mike oh, no. Tyson and I. And I'm they like, have no clue what they're walking I'm into. I'm like Cam. There's we got this. We got this brother, Cameron, and he's just all been talking about how he's been talking to Mormons. I'm like Cam. There's some Mormons <laughs> out. there. He's like not even a not even a wink. He's up. He's out the door, and then I see him walking down the street. <laughs> Five minutes later, he comes in, and they come in with him. And they sit down. Now again, our service doesn't start. I said, "I said, hey, you guys gonna be here for the service?" They're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Right on." It's like elder something and elder something. (laughs) Well, so we're they're like not even. They just turned eighteen years old, right? (laughs) So I'm like, I wonder what these guys are, because we're rehearsing. uh, We're doing uh, a uh, what's the it's uh, Psalm nineteen by by sons of Korah, but it's in Hebrew, you know, <laughs> cause I've redone it in Hebrew and I'm like, but it's coming through the sound system. And I'm like, I wonder in the back of my mind, I'm like, wonder what these, you know, these guys have probably never heard anything like this. Well, all, you know, they kind of get ganged up on by a bunch of guys and they start talking like, this is all before the service. They start talking about grace, Torah commandments, you know, all this stuff. And they're, you know, finally these guys end up they end up leaving before the service they get up and say, "Oh, we got to get going you know <laughs>
1: of course do. But, uh,
2: later when I was talking to the guys they're like yeah the young guy was like he was like totally you know because they send out like the guy who has been a Mormon for like seven generations of his family you know and then they send out the guy who's brand new the new guy was like like totally locked <laughs> and, and <laughs> and they're like, they're probably gonna transfer him. Yeah, he got transferred to Hayden, Idaho, or he got transferred to somewhere else. Um. Anyway, that was that's my uh, recent dormist uh, okay, story. So, but anyway, the point is, guys were sincere. Hang on, I gotta show you this. That's, that's that's the bring
1: back. I, I know. I, I those know. guys were sincere. Let, let me doesn't mean it's true. Let me show you what I got here. So I think everybody who listens to this show knows by now. You know, uh, growing up from, for three years in a row, I did, uh, I I was with a mission group, and our mission was to go uh, down into Utah, into Manti, Utah, and uh, go to a pageant, quote unquote pageant, of 33,000 Mormons in one place at one time. And our goal was to try to evangelize the Mormons. Look at some of the books that I, now I tried to throw these away. My dad wouldn't let me because these, this is about the size of a, of a, uh, of a, uh, a phone book here, it called. It's called Mormonism: Shadow or Reality. That was one of the books that we had to read. Hang on, there's another one here. Also the size of a uh, of a uh, phone book. It's called Three Thousand Nine Hundred and Thirteen Changes in the Book of Mormon, with photos, by the way.
2: Wow, why would you even want to throw that away? If you ever think about it again, I'll take it.
1: The use of the Bible in the Book of Mormon. That's another one, and. Where does it say that? A research tool compiled. And basically, uh, it's all of the places where uh, the, uh, <laughs> where there's horrible missteps in the Book of Mormon, uh, the Pearl of Great Price, the Doctrine and Covenants. Anyway, so if you ever see those guys again, let me know. I'll send you some books. <laughs> okay. Let's get back to the point. My point was truth. And well, no, but the point uh, what, of sincerity. On. Okay, sincerity. Sincer- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but my point is, is that, is your point too, which is that sincerity needs to be taken out of the equation. Because truth is what matters. This, from a student at Torah Resource Institute, I am currently editing Andre Felipe's, uh, 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 his, his talk on Christianity. His presentation. And, yeah, his presentation at camp. This is what he says, and uh, I I, w- I edited this yesterday, and I thought this is so good I got to pull it for this show because I knew you were going to get into uh, into criticism and truth. Um,
4: so the next question that I ask is, how are we as believers? Um as followers of disciples of Yeshua to relate to the truth. Um, so yeah, as I've said before, this um, this is the same category but different images are used in the Gospel of John. So you're you, you're of the truth, or you're born of God, or you're born of the Spirit, or you're born from above. And another one of these categories is presented to us in John chapter 15, which is um, where Yeshua says that he's the true vine. And so there, the category that uh, we want to belong to is we want to be one of the branches that bears fruit. Um, so Amen. It's implied in, in all of John 15 that we're supposed to bear good fruit, um, right? That's what a vine is good for. That the, that's all that a vine is good for, really, the wood, the wood of a vine you can't do anything else with. Um, and so Paul, uh, in his epistle to the church at Ephesus, um, tells us that the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. So truth is one of the fruits uh, that we're supposed to, to produce. Um, so if we don't produce truth, we're not abiding in the vine. So to um, sort of conclude this little discussion about truth, um, we must apply everything that we've learned from John's gospel to our lives. We must desire, seek, and pursue truth. Truth. We must submit to it, because in submit- submitting to it, we are submitting and being faithful to God. By upholding truth, we, are up- we uphold, honor, and give witness to Messiah. And by saying yes to truth, we are saying no to the world and its desires, because the world is not born of God, but it's born of its father, the devil. And, and in, in, I think in the same gospel, we learn that um, uh, Satan is called the father of lies.
2: (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Wow. It's so great to hear his voice, but that, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So
1: anyway, uh, you know, but, okay. So all all of that said, you know, we've spent 42 minutes now talking uh, essentially on this subject and all of that said, it should be noted that we take note when people write emails like this. And not only that, but uh, one of, you know, uh, Torah resources always said that, uh, that God's work done God's way will never lack God's support. And so uh, what we mean by that is that, you know, we tr- we attempt our best not to ever ask uh, people, you know, please give us money, those kind of things. Uh, but another aspect to that is that um, when— our bank account is low enough that we uh, become very worried and we uh, pray fervently for the Lord to, to change that. What that actually does for us is makes us sit up and wonder, are we doing everything the way God wants us to? And this, uh, this is one of those times when we have had to sit up and say, are we doing everything that the Lord wants us to do? Does God want us to change? And so uh since that is the case right now, we look at all different aspects of what we are doing, whether it's the school, whether it's what we're publishing, whether it's uh, whatever, and one of the things that we also look at is the Robin Caleb show to see if uh, the Lord wants us to change something. And so uh, we, uh, we have prayed fervently and we have wondered uh, if there are things that we do need to change in terms of criticism or things like that. And one of the things that I've come to uh, believe in the, in the past uh, you know, week or so uh, in this uh, look inside of our ministry and how the Lord might want us to change— what he might be telling us is the idea that uh, you know we want to point people ultimately to good education, and we want to do that uh, through multiple means, and that's one of the reasons we believe that the Lord has set up. Resource Institute. And so we've talked about uh, different ways that we can help people along in their journey of, of uh, criticism and uh, and not just criticism, but discernment within the body of the Messiah. And that's what Rob and I ultimately want to do. And so we've talked about some of these uh, things that we can do. One of the things I want to do is I want to read uh, from books that uh, we are currently in and currently looking at. It just so happens that last night I was walking by my bookshelves, and I do have quite a a start to my theological library. And I do this every once in a while, just see a book that I think, oh, I forgot that I had that, or I didn't know that I had that. My father tends to give me boxes of books at a time, uh, which is awesome. Read these. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Here you go. And uh, one of the things that I've done is, uh, I've read this entire book, and it put me to sleep so much. I, I actually really did not Appreciate it. It's by D.A. Carson. Anyone who has uh, spent time in the theological world knows who D.A. Carson is. Um, This book is called Exegetical Fallacies. Um, It is an excellent book, but I I remembered when I walked by my bookshelf last night, I remembered that it was just such a snoozer in my mind. And uh, so I picked it up uh, just to see what I would see, and I opened it, and this is the first thing I read. And I want to share this with our listening audience, because I think this is important. And, and, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to keep sharing things out of this book as I look through it. I don't know why it was a snoozer. This thing looks like a dynamite piece of work. D.A. Carson is a dynamite scholar. This is what he says. He says, common fallacies in semantics, the root fallacy. And as soon as I started reading this, I thought of, uh, of people who use paleo Hebrew, uh, you know, word pictures. I, I'm, Like camel head hand. Yeah, exactly. Um, So he says uh, one of the most, and I'm going to read two pages for you, so this, uh, stay with me for a second. He says one of the most. No snoozing allowed. Yes, no snoozing allowed. He says uh, one of the most enduring errors, the root fallacy presupposes that every word actually has a meaning bound up with its shape or its components. In this view, meaning is determined by etymology, that is, by the root or roots of a word. How many times have we been told that because the verbal cognate of apostolos or apostle is apostello, apost- apostello, uh, I send? The root meaning of apostle is one who is sent. In the preface of the King of the New King James Bible, we are told that the literal meaning of monogenes, uh, monogenes, is only begotten. Is that true? How often do preachers refer to the verb? agapao, to love, a contrast with phileo, to love, and deduce that the text is saying something about a special kind of loving for no other reason than agapao is used, or agape is uh, how a lot of people would know it. These are good points. All of this is linguistic nonsense. We might have uh, guessed as much if we were more acquainted with the etymology of English words. Anthony C. Thielston offers, by way of example, our word nice, which comes from the Latin nescius, meaning ignorant. (laughs) Our goodbye is a contraction uh, for Anglo Saxon, God be with you. Now, it may be possible to trace out uh, diachronically just how. Nesquias generated nice. It is certainly easy to imagine... that means over time, yeah, tracing
2: yeah. How, a, how a certain word accumulates a different meaning from his original etymological source.
1: It is certainly easy to imagine how God be with you came to be contracted to goodbye. But I know of no one today who in saying such and such a person is nice believes that he or she has in some measure labeled that person ignorant because the of the root meaning, or hidden meaning, or literal meaning of "nice" is ignorant. I'll stop there, but his point is well taken, and I think that this is one of the things that uh, the Hebrew roots and Messianic uh, movement has really, really fallen into. Is this idea that um, that there's hidden meaning?
2: Yeah, they're inventing their own meaning with a limited with their limited tools. And Strong's Concordance is usually one of the first uh, helps they they think is guiding them in the truth, but they're actually misusing the tool. It would be like trying to use a screwdriver as a hammer or something.
1: Give me just a second. I'm replying to Yvonne here. Okay. Um, So I hope that, uh, you know, I I don't have any like intro music for that segment or anything, but uh, I hope that helps people. And there are some really good, uh, nuggets of truth in this book that, I uh, I mean, everyone should, should be aware of. Okay. So another thing that we want to do is, is since we're going to be, uh, we're going to continue, you know, we're not going to not be critical of people uh, and theologies on this show. When I say critical, it means we have to have a critical understanding and a critical view of what is going on so that we can have good discernment. And that's one thing that Rob and I are really trying to get across is that is that we as believers, uh, whether it doesn't matter if you're a teacher, you're not a teacher. If you're, you know, you're just a housewife, it doesn't matter. Uh, just a housewife, like the greatest job that uh, God has given to mankind is is uh, being, uh, you know, raising children. Um, nonetheless, you know, if, uh, if you're a lowly office worker at Torah Resource or whatever it may be, the point is, is that we have to try to gain discernment. We have to try to learn discernment. It's not just ingrained in us. It's something that we have to uh, work on and, and, and whatnot. So um, we are going to continue to tip sacred cows. And so this uh, this music that I uh, created last week, uh, we're going to use to open our segment on tipping sacred cows. So, Rob, let's go tip some cows.
3: Cow tipping
1: Okay, so (laughs) I love the little... (laughs) there at the end um okay so uh, this was sent to me literally about 20 minutes before we came on air uh, by a uh, young lady named Loretta she has sent me several things actually in your show notes I should say this we're not going to talk about this but I put a link in your show notes that Loretta sent us uh th- for Jonathan Cahn saying that uh that the sign of Babylon or no the sign of Baal has come to New York because they put a uh, replica of the arches Oh. At the Baal Temple. They put a replica there in New York. And so uh, he's saying that this is some prophetic sign that we're, we're uh, going to hell in a handbasket or whatever. Uh, I, I don't buy it. I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't think that uh, an arch that really has zero uh, uh, imagery towards Baal uh on it i don't think that that somehow uh, is like the portal to the underworld or that you know demonic forces now have a grip on the new york city i think demonic forces already had a grip on on new york city and and pretty much all of the america and i think it's been that way for a long time um so yeah anyway not the point uh that's in your show notes though and you can find the show notes on uh, torresource.com and go to uh go to the robin caleb show page from there uh, up in the toolbar, you'll find it in one of the drop downs for online radio. Okay. This also was sent to us. This is just a, this is interesting. I had never heard of this lady. Let me get to my show notes here. So, um, this, her, her, her YouTube page is called Dr. Patricia show, the Dr. Patricia show. And I got this from her website. I thought her last name
2: is show. No. No, because there's a thing called no, the Patricia Show no, that or, is a completely different
1: thing. Or, no, her her uh, la her name is Doctor Patricia L Green.
2: Uh, oh, I thought her last name was Show. She okay. is
1: the she is the founder and president of Joy Ministries Worldwide. I, I took this from her uh, from her uh, website, a nonprofit ministry whose mission is to take the gospel message into the nations. Joy is an acronym for Jesus of Yahweh, of whom she preaches. Patricia travels to remote areas in Africa and India to reach isolated people groups with God's truth and has witnessed mightily or mighty deliverances, divine healings and salvation through Jesus Christ. Her life's passion and work is to see millions of people saved through Jesus Christ. So heaven is their eternal destination. She also teaches and equips others for the work of the ministry through pastors and church leaders, seminars, prayer and worship meetings, and Bible study groups. Patricia graduated—now here's her credentials for you people, uh, since it is Dr. Patricia. She says, uh, Dr. Uh, P- Patricia graduated from Vision Christian Bible College and seminary with a bachelor's degree in theology. I haven't heard of Vision Christian Bible College or seminary, but that doesn't mean anything. I, I mean, I've, I went to their
2: website. It's, it's vcbcs.org. Uh, and I can't find anything about faculty. And maybe if you are able to find something, you know, you guys out there, search around. Like, like just go like you're thinking about studying there and see, like, what classes would you take? I can't find anything about the specific classes you take or who the teachers are or what their backgrounds. But they have all the way through PhD degrees. Okay, so that right there to me, okay, that to me And right every there. page has a PayPal button at the bottom. Nice. It, it just feels... Um, so I'm at VCBC and S, um, so VCBCS.org. I believe this is, it's the same name that she, I mean, it's, it's Vision Christian Bible College and Seminary. I mean, it's got the same name that, uh, Does it,
1: does it have a place? See, and okay, already, already what, what, uh, Rob and I are doing is, is, uh, is something, that I think people should do when they're trying to have discernment. And oh, Loretta is in the chat room. Hi, Loretta. Thank you so much for uh, sending this to me. This is a this is a good one to try to deconstruct. Um, so already, what Rob and I are doing are asking questions that I think should people should ask. Whether you know this doesn't. Necessarily, who are the
2: teachers? Yeah. Who are the teachers? yeah Who
1: are the teachers and where did you get your education? Now that doesn't necessarily disqualify a person if a person says, "Well, you know, look." You know who was uh, who didn't uh, didn't go to to Bible college or didn't go to a university for for uh, uh, for Bible? Spurgeon. Yeshua. Spurgeon Yeshua. didn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeshua didn't either. I, but, uh, you know, he probably learned. I think he learned. Anyway, not the point. Spurgeon was a, a dynamite pastor. He had some great truth. He learned from his uh, grandfather, who was a preacher and, uh, and whatnot. Anyway, the point is, is that uh, it doesn't necessarily disqualify you. But these are some of the questions that should be asked uh, right out. Who's your teachers? And whether or not this college, you know, whether or not the college you went to is an online uh, uh, diploma mill. Or, uh, you know, there are some really good schools online as well. And uh, I've thought about going to various schools online. I'm going to one online right now, I guess you could say, our Resource Institute. So I'm not putting online schools down. I'm just saying there are diploma mills. Anyway, she says she has a master's degree in miss- missiology and a Ph.D. in philosophy of religion specializing in world evangelism.
2: I'd like to see her dissertation. Usually Ph.D.s publish their dissertation, like you can
1: see and says that she resides in Pennsylvania. Okay, so let's listen to some of this this clip. Now, it took a little while to get into this. She's she, uh, I wrote down some questions here. Uh, she's talking, I think, about two separate issues, and she molds them to melds them together into one issue. in In one respect, I think that she actually has some. Uh, she's saying one thing that is good, and in the other, maybe not so much. But let's uh, and what we're going to try to do to deconstruct this is ask questions. We're going to try to ask questions to see whether or not we can see whether or not this is um, this is uh, a sound teaching or not. Let's listen to what she has to say.
3: In Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen it says, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man.
1: Uh, let me stop real quick. I forgot to tell you all this. Earlier in the video, she does reference Strong's numbers. That's not necessarily a disqualification either, um, but it might point us to what kind of uh, training in languages she has. Uh, and then also, she uh, she also uses a story from a video on YouTube where a woman says that Yeshua took her to hell. To show her believers in hell. And so, believer. yeah, j- just listen now. Listen.
3: You see, there are unrepented sins that are sending born again Christians to hell. And I think that the biggest one that sends born-again Christians to hell is unforgiveness. You see, in scriptures, Yeshua said that if you do not forgive your brethren, my heavenly Father will not forgive you. So this is a very serious sin that needs to be repented of. And you may be saying, yes, but you don't know what that person did to me or said to me. And you're right, I don't. But Yeshua does. And you see, he died on the cross for all of your sins. And you have no right not to forgive those who have offended you.
1: Okay, so there's there's multiple things going on right now. She she references that, that Yeshua died on the cross for all of your sins. But then she says that, what's the actual word that she uses? Born-again Christians? His Born again.
3: commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. You see, there are unrepented sins that are sending born-again Christians. Born-again
1: Christians. So she says that there, there are sins that are sending born-again Christians. When you're born
2: again, that, that's— a new, You're a new creation. You're a new creation in God, right? And, and, and forgiveness is a natural fruit of the born-again Christian. Yeah, but if, see, if, I— If, if I, we're defining that like John 3—
1: Right. Yeah. But here's the thing is that I think that she's mixing up two two different things. That is uh, people who are born again. And she really blurs lines. I got more clips of this, but she really blurs blurs line. what she's ultimately talking about in one respect is the sin of the high hand, Right. Someone who knows that they've sinned, knows that God hates the sin and doesn't care, is going to do it anyway and is unrepentant. Right. That's the sin of the high hand in my mind.
2: But that, but that's not the fruit of a born a person who's born exactly,
1: from exactly, and that's and that would be my point. So, so she's melding two things
2: together that uh, I don't know. If, so, in in other words, she wouldn't even with, with that. Whatever she's teaching, whatever she got from her PhD, wouldn't get her through a, one semester at to a Resource.
1: <laughs> look at uh, look at our chat room just going going to town here. Uh, they found vision Christian Bible college and seminary on Facebook now, and it looks like they got a nice little crest. Um, but I'm still not seeing any, uh, yeah,
2: I, I there's a lot of ways to pay, give them money.
1: Oh, they're, they're in, oh, they're in Georgia. Okay. They're in Georgia. All right. Anyway. Um, and it looks like they have a physical campus anyway. Okay. No, I think that's
2: the post office box in the map.
1: Okay. Oh, is it? Anyway, okay. Um, Here we go. So let's—now, one of the things that I would ultimately ask is where is uh, this uh, Dr. uh, Patrick—Patricia, rather, Dr. Patricia—getting these things from the Bible? What biblical basis does she have for what she's saying? And these are, I hope that people will start listening to, or, you know, these kind of ideas will come into people's minds when when they are listening to teachers. Um, And so here we go. This is what she has to say about this.
3: So now I want to talk about a religious doctrine that is sending people to hell. And this doctrine is once saved, always saved. This doctrine says that once you've prayed a prayer of salvation, that you are guaranteed a place in heaven. That is not true. So what scriptures support
2: Okay, let's stop for just a second. She's mixing right there, she's mixing. If, yeah, someone, exactly. saved, if someone saved, if someone's saved, then someone's saved. So I disagree with her first statement. But if someone but I agree with her second statement, if someone says, I have prayed uh, some prayer. Therefore, I'm guaranteed that that's nonsense.
1: So in all in all fairness to Patricia here, I would agree with her that uh, that those within the church, the quote unquote church, who say all you have to do is say this prayer and you're saved. Um, I, you know, justify. That's, that's like that's believe yeah, on that's, me. You know, b- b- uh, faith in the Messiah, she will give you will, will justify you. There's no doubt about it. But true faith. And and uh, once justified, the Lord the Lord calls the, the true elect to, uh, you know, to to be sanctified and to live a life unto Him. So I I, I agree with her second statement here. But I uh, yes, I'm with you so far that uh, I don't think she's going to get this from Scripture. But uh, let's look. we we take the word saved seriously. Yes, of course. So let's get look once in. saved. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Uh, Okay, here we go.
3: That salvation can be forfeited or lost because of unrepented sin. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 to 6, and I will read it. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves, the son of God and put him to an open shame. So you see in this scripture that, that <clears throat> Paul was talking about someone that was once enlightened, that was once, that once tasted the goodness of God, that was once filled with the Holy spirit. And he says, if they should fall away, um, then it, then it, they can't be renewed again in, uh, unless they repent. <clears throat> So you see, um, Scriptures does back up that once saved, always saved is not a sound doctrine.
1: Okay, so um, she, she goes to a passage that admittedly is a difficult passage, but here, here, are, some, um, here are some questions that I wrote down. These are the four questions that I wrote down while I was listening to this. So these are the questions that I had. And I think that asking good questions when you come to a new ministry is one of the things that really helps discernment, right? Okay, so here are the four questions that I wrote down. Is there a bigger issue she is discussing or touching on? And the answer to that is obviously yes. Now she's, she's really dealing with the sovereignty of God, whether or not—and this is a huge argument, even within the Messianic, especially within the Messianic uh, world— uh, you know, uh, most of the messianic world leans towards Armenianism, whereas uh, people like Rob and myself we we hold to a more Calvinistic perspective, Tulip doctrines of grace. I would rather say. Um, so, but she's but she's really you know she's trying to sum up this argument by by pointing to uh, three various passages of scripture, and the first one is in Hebrews. Second question I ask is: Is she using scripture properly? Um, well, we'll get to that in a second. The se- uh, third question is: She looking at the context of the scripture? she is referencing and uh, she goes on to look at um, she goes on to look at Philippians 212 and Romans 623 and I would say specifically in uh, the Romans passage she certainly is not looking at it uh, the context correctly uh, anyway and then the last question I ask and this is the one that I think uh, uh, applies right now is does her message ring true throughout all scriptures so in other words is she taking a, a, a a passage here and a passage there, or is she basing something on one, you know, one little snippet instead of looking at the whole of scripture as a theological, uh, our theological guide. And I would have to say that right now it doesn't look like that. Let's look at this passage real quick in Hebrews. I don't think we're going to have time to deconstruct this entire teaching, but in Hebrews, Oh man, did I just, I did. Hang on. (laughs) Let me get back to it. We're looking at Hebrews. Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. This is a difficult passage in my mind only because of some of the words that are used. So he says, if in the case of those who have once been enlightened, what does that mean to be enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gifts? Or the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit. I think this is the, her crux position here. And this is what I think this is where she's really basing her, her, uh, her idea that uh, partakers of the Holy Spirit, I think is what she's Uh, taking his salvation and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. Um, And of course, the good word of God. So these all I mean, these all could be points that we could uh, take out and discuss what these are and then have fallen away. It is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again, crucified themselves, the son of God and put him to open shame. So they do it again. And uh, James White has a really good teaching, I think, on this. Um, why don't you give me your ideas here while I look for this real quick?
2: Well, I thought you were going to read from.
1: Want me to from, read from this first? Okay, yeah. I'll read
2: from this first. Okay, yeah, okay. I- I like I like uh, your this thoughts.
1: from my this is from my father's uh, commentary. It's called Commentary on the Book of Hebrews. This is from Volume One, Chapters One through Eight by Tim Haig. He says, "Here we come to one of the crux passages of the epistle, at least in the realm of attempting to understand its purpose. The community to which our author addresses himself was apparently con- contemplating a move away from the full confession of faith in Yeshua. We are not given enough data to know exactly what the situation entailed, but for our author." It is a matter of life and death, of salvation and damnation. What he outlines here seems to be more an observation on life uh, than a theological treaty. Nothing is impossible for God, and certainly he could, if he so intended, draw uh, any heart. Okay, I'm going to skip down. Our author builds his case on the fact that if after experiencing the realities of the believing community and witnessing all of the evidences of God's blessing upon the community, if after this they reject Yeshua, it is no different than those who reject him after they witnessed his life and his miracles and even his resurrection from the dead. I'm going to move now to what he says that's about—
2: a, that's, I, I just love that much already. Uh, it's so important. I mean, it, it, it brings to mind Romans 11. Right, This idea of branches being broken off, God God can drop them back in again. The idea is that it's in this world. That tree of Romans 11 is from our perspective. And that God is the judge. And God's going to, just because someone looks like they're living the Christian life, and on the outward they look all clean, they could be inward, not born again. But they're still part they're still benefiting from the blessings by being associated with the community that's full of the blessings. They're still tasting uh the power of God. But their are inward, their heart is hard.
1: So I do remember this. Um I let's see if I have this in um let's see how good my record keeping is. Find keywords, James White. Hebrews 9, James White, Sola Scriptura. You want Hebrews 9 or Hebrews 6? I'm looking at my notes. Uh, looks at Hebrews 2.9. to ask skip the first? Um, actually, this 270. Hang on. I'm going to play a uh, clip. I don't know if this is going to... Uh,
2: go with what we're talking about or not this is clip clip uh gathering on the fly
1: people. that's right clip gra- y- 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 clip gathering on the fly let's see if i can do this or not and we're looking for clip 276 oh i don't have it right there they have it hang on here we go rc show there it is okay what did i say 276 Let's see if, now this is going to be on a different passage, but I think that he talks about the overall of of Hebrews. So let's just listen, this
0: might not be relevant, but let's listen. Once again, we have to ask the question. So you're saying that the writer of Hebrews is saying uh, that uh, the term translated everyone uh, here in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, which is the uh, Greek term pantas, pas, pas, upon, uh, the standard word, and it's it, Hoper is, is the standard preposition for substitution. It's all right there. So this clearly means that by the grace of God, Jesus has tasted death on behalf of every single human being. All right, you need to be able to consistently read that through the context. I mean that's going to be the con- that's going to be the argument of the context, right? And you also might want to, to consider uh, as well, uh, is my interpretation such that it um, maybe teaches something like, oh, universalism, maybe? Uh, am, I, am I, you know, maybe missing the point here? Because if you read... The rest of uh, the section. Okay, so he's talking about
1: universalism. I'm sorry, I was wrong. Um, I thought that was going to be a good a good poll, but it wasn't. Okay, so anyway, let's keep going here. Then I want to read this part because what I uh, uh, highlighted earlier was that my father was, and yes, the chat room Nelson in the chat room. So it says, "Where's our elevator music?" Um, okay, uh, so uh, the next time I try to pull a clip on the fly, you'll get elevator music. Okay, so uh, they have been partakers of the Holy Spirit. What does this mean, and does this mean salvation? The word partakers, uh, metachas, has a range of meanings, including one who shares or participates in something, a business partner, a companion, or a comrade. The word is found only six times in the apostolic Scriptures, five of which are in Hebrews, and he gives those uh, references. Interestingly, Holy Spirit, in this phrase, is without the article. So those who are not language uh, people... The article obviously being the okay. In the five times that the whole that Holy Spirit appears in Hebrews, three are articular, that means with the article, and two are an in, anarthrous, in, that means without the article. Some have suggested that when our author uses the anarthrist uh, form of Holy Spirit, he is not so much speaking. ...of the person of the Holy Spirit, but rather of the manifestations of the Spirit, that is, his gifts and operations. This surely is the case in Hebrews 2.4. Quote, "...God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will." Since Paul teaches us that one who is indwelt by the Spirit of God is truly born again, it is impossible that what our author is describing are those who possess true saving faith, who were therefore truly born from above, and then who denied Yeshua and lost their salvation. What our author must therefore be describing are those who professed faith in Yeshua as the true Messiah, who became part of the believing community, and thus witnessed the gifts and work of the Holy Spirit manifested within the community, but eventually turned from their confession and denied Yeshua as such. They acted against the clear evidence of the Holy Spirit's work as they witnessed the inner workings of the community of faith. And of course, my father to reference that Paul teaches that uh, he says since Paul teaches us that one who is indwelt by the Spirit of God is truly born again, he references Romans eight nine through eleven. Let's read that real quick. through his spirit who dwells in you. And of course, in the beginning of this, Paul says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong, belong to him. And of course, one of my favorite passages in John, he writes, John writes in John 10, 27 and following my sheep, hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hands, out of the father's hands. I and the father are one. And I love that passage. Okay. I'm done with my little rant there. Rob, anything else to say?
2: um well i was just interacting with someone on the chat room who said you know i went to a school that was not high uh, academically accredited but they were uh, they did teach biblical holidays and um that sometimes you know learning is not by scholarship but by obedience by keeping commandments i agree with that uh, but that but when we have this website that we're specifically looking at this vision bible college um they, there's, I mean, I've, I think I've clicked on every website there. I can't see what their, who there's, who the teachers are, what they've written or presentations given, or what classes you can take there. But, who would but, be my h- Hebrew teacher? Okay, Any hang anything.
1: on, hang on, though, hang on. That, that, that doesn't necessarily discount the school, and I, I, I don't think that that's what you're saying. But um, it should send up some kind of a.
4: A suspicious for me. Uh, yeah, it's it's
1: it's a little su- suspicious. So I, I'm I'm not <clears> trying <throat> to say that that that, that this uh, Dr. Patricia went to some uh, diploma mill. I'm not suggesting that. What I'm saying is, is when we look at the school, do we find you know are people forthright with what they're teaching and, and who the teachers are and th- those kind of things? If they're not forthright with that kind of stuff, that should that should be just one little one little red flag that that uh, should be noted in the back of our head. And that's what all this is, yeah. is. We're trying to be critical in a way that is that brings discernment. And so, one of the things that we have to look at is who are the teachers and 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 uh, where did the person get their education? Okay. Anyway, uh, what what do you think about this Hebrews passage? Do you think
2: that, I want to uh, say? I want to tell it, all our listeners out there, if you if you believe in Yeshua, if you trust Yeshua, and you are clinging to him in your life. And when the rubber meets the road, in the tough times of life, you're, you, that he's the first one you think of, that you go to him in prayer, that you're reading the Bible, you have every reason to be confident in, in, in your salvation. Now, it's a narrow road. Awesome. The, the Holy Spirit's not going to let you go long. If you're If you're his, you're not going to be able to go very long in unforgiveness. You're just not going to be able to. So, but, my... but this idea of someone who's genuinely born from above is uh, in hell is is just so backwards. It is so. Um, it's it, it's someone who's not thinking clearly. Sorry. So- So
1: uh, Michael Gonzalez uh, puts in the chat room, he says, here's her talking about Dr. Patricia's prophetic message that has been seen close to 1.25 million times. Quote, Dr. Green had a dream about tsunami, that a tsunami was coming to the East Coast. God warns us to get out of East Coast of the USA because huge tsunami is coming. She said it was 100 feet. There will be famine, drought, huge hurricane and economic hardship in the USA. Well, there's a red flag if I've ever seen one. So So when did oh when did when was the date? And uh, it doesn't look like we have a date either. Uh, I don't know when that was going to happen. Uh, Someone posted that she said it
2: was August August 31st, but that came and went, so she bumped it to December 31st.
1: June 14th, 2015. But Vision Dreams. This is from Blog Talk Tribulation now on June fourteenth, two thousand fifteen. Yeah, so it had to be uh, recently. Okay. Um, anyway, I think that uh, hopefully uh, we've brought up enough questions to say that this uh, this idea that uh, true believers in the Messiah Yeshua uh, and that have true faith and are justified uh, can somehow uh, go to hell. Uh, the sin of the high hand, I think, can only be from people who are not truly. Uh, believers. So for that, um, Dr. Patricia, I think that we would have to say. And that is what we call a theological fail. fail. Okay. Well, uh, I think that we've uh, taken up enough of these fine people's times. Uh, we're going to continue to pray and ask the Lord if, uh, how, how we can change uh, what we're doing here. Uh, and uh so we hope that uh, we hope that you will pray with us and let let us know um, you know let us know that you're praying for us. We sure do appreciate those who uh... you know what
2: can we before we close off there. It, mm-hmm. Adam posted a from Hebrews twelve. I love it. It uh, says fixing our eyes on Yeshua, the Author and perfecter, It could be Finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And they sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, this is Hebrews 12, 2, key passage. And I thank uh, Brother Adam for bringing that to our attention this afternoon or this morning. The author, Yeshua is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And I think we quoted or talked about John 10 today. None shall uh, pluck them out of my hand. But it says, for the joy set before him endured the cross. Why would Yeshua be joyful about going for the cross? Because he, he knew, he had full confidence that it was accomplishing something real. Yeah, exactly. It was accomplishing something. If he, There was no doubt in his mind that what he was enduring was, a, was affecting actual purchasing, redemption of souls. It actually was accomplishing something. It wasn't for the joy that he just, I, you know, I'm going to do this in joy. Uh, I'm going to endure this cross for the joy because I'm going to give people an option. And they may or may not take it. What's that to be joyful? How is that joyful? Yeah. Because it's real. It's a real deal. He purchased his own people. Just back to John 10. My sheep hear my voice. Hmm. If you don't hear my voice, it's because you don't, you're not my sheep. I mean, it's like just back there, it was the same thing that we heard the clip from Andre, uh, his teaching during camp this summer. Same point. Yeshua is the way, the truth, and the life. And if we're in him, we are not of this world. We are in this world, but we are of him. And the, 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 you're safe. You're in him. You're, yours is the kingdom of heaven
1: yeah no doubt we yeah i i was listening to Alistair bag this morning oh i uh, i love listening to uh, oh my I, word i wish i could talk
2: like this i can't even do it
1: oh man he is so good i you know i i pray that someday whether in this uh in this lifetime or in the world to come i can uh, sit and, and have a and break bread with the man he uh, he certainly is a is a joy to listen to and an encouragement uh, i i uh, ran to work this morning ran i, I say ran Walked quickly and jogged for a part of it. Um, and uh, I was able to listen to two of his sermons. Uh, they were, it was a two part series on. Um uh drifting away from from uh, Christ and man does that guy hit the nail on the head uh, and you know he comes back he just kept coming back to the same thing uh, which is that that grace is overwhelming the grace of God is is uh why we are are saved it's all by the grace of God and nothing that we've done and so um, you know to follow what you know it, it, he just just an amazing amazing uh, sermon that he gave two-part sermon that he gave, and uh, I recommend al- listening to Alistair Begg uh, to many because, or to anyone, uh, I think that he, uh, although he might not have it 100% right, he certainly is uh, is, is uh, preaching what I think is, is the true gospel, and that is that uh, we, are, we are saved by grace, the grace of God, the overwhelming love and grace of God, and it is not by anything that we've done, but through the true uh, shed blood, uh, you know the sacrifice, the true sacrifice, the shed blood of the Messiah, issue on the cross, and uh, and being part of His family is only by His will and His grace. Anyway, so I hope that uh, I hope that uh, this look at some of uh, some of some everything that we've looked at today. I hope uh, people will uh, pray with us and uh, encourage us and help us to uh, try to be uh, try to show how we look at different teachings, how uh, being critical. Quote unquote quote, critical um, is is a good thing in, in discernment and how we should all have discernment. Anything else before we go there, Rob? Oh, I got one more thing. <laughs> I do have one more thing. And that one more thing is I want to give this phone number one more time. If you'd like to make comments to us, please do so. 253 343 1598.
2: Anything else before we go? Nope. Baruch Hashem, thank you for all those who. Pray for us. We thank God for you. We thank God that uh, um, the feedback that we get is encouraging to us. And we, we thank God for those encouraging words because um, it, it, it does get pretty crazy at times. And, but we know that we're not alone and we're on a narrow path. And that thinking critical critically is a part of that. And, and being able to laugh at ourselves is part of that. And that's what we do here. On the Rob and Caleb shows, we in- integrate some fun and some sharp theological uh, disputes, as well as calling nonsense nonsense.
1: Our uh, verse for this week uh, that we would like to highlight, I will read it one more time before we go. It is 2 Timothy 4, 1-4. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. You can write us emails. Do so. chegg at resource.com. That's C-H-E-G-G at com. Also, give us a call. Leave us a message. Tell us what you agree with or disagree with. Tell us how much you like the radio station or dislike it. 253-343-1598. A big thank you to Loretta for sending us that uh, that clip. If you have clips, please send them to us. You can do so on our Facebook page, too, as well. And uh, that's uh, facebook.com backslash Robin Caleb Show. Yeah, until next time, we hope that uh, this somehow uh, equipped you to ask better questions or good questions when looking at teachers because we want you to honor our one teacher our great god and savior yeshua the messiah